Uh, hello and welcome to SQA Historical Committee podcast. My name is Joanne Boyd. Um, I'm on several committees with the SQA, uh, Beyond Compliance Historical Program Committee, work with the medical device and the GMP uh, committees as well. I'm here today with, uh, and I hope, uh, Rita Hatmer Apostle. Thank you. Uh, to learn about her experience with the roots of QA and SQA. And Rita, I guess the first thing I'm gonna start you off with and let you go from there is how and when you got started in QA. Well, thank you very much, first of all, for the opportunity to contribute here. Uh, I have quite a long story with QA, so I started in the pharmaceutical industry in 1991 and was then moved, or I moved to QA in 1994. And that sounds like an, an eternity already uh, up to now. I um, became a consultant in QA in 2001, so I have now the chance to look back on 70 years of consulting work. I predominantly work in GCP, so I can't really speak on GLP and developments, but uh, since I have been a consultant, I have had the chance to collaborate with SQA, and that actually was very beneficial for not only me personally, but also my professional life. Um, it is just uh, a great opportunity to meet people from all around the world and be um, exposed to ideas that you alone would never have. So that was certainly a benefit to be a member of SQA for the many years. Thank you. So is there any um, question that <laughs> we do? No, I, I want your information is what I'm looking okay. for. So if you can give us some insight on your experience with the SQA committee. Yeah, well, when I started being a member of SQA, that was 2000 or so, SQA still was very dominated by GLP at that time, and GCP, the area in which I was working, has been just a tiny little fraction, even uh, being very, very, you know, in a very small way being only represented at SQA meetings. We were not even have, having a track, I think, at that time. So we were sharing a track with, the, with any other committee that was equally small. And it took a while until the GCP track grew larger and larger. So now, nowadays, we have a full track in GCP, which is, all, which is awesome. And we hear a lot of things um, which we can expand on every year. So um, that was definitely a change in the, you know, over the last 17 years I, I have experienced. Uh, also, the opportunity to speak with regulators is just very beneficial for me personally. It is great to have the opportunity to chat with an FDA inspector, um, usually coming from Europe. Maybe I should have said that. <laughs> I'm located in Europe and not in the US. Um, you do not have the chance to speak to FDA inspectors because they don't come over for a chat, but apparently you can grab them at that SQA meeting and um, have a few words and discuss something. And also you have a forum to raise your concerns or um, get rid of your questions and hopefully get some answers as well. Sometimes, but not always. That's great. So that is really a benefit. Uh, I. I Clearly appreciate, and that is also one of the uh, one of the reasons why I'm coming back to SQA meetings because of these representation um, of regulators. Um, I already mentioned that I 
have made friends at SQA, uh, not just really professionally. I have, as a consultant, I can add that, I guess, uh, I have um, made contact to clients, of course. That is a very uh, perf you know, beneficial thing if you are working in that field. Um, but I have also really made uh, very sincere friends at SQA, and they are one of the reasons for me to come back. So. Uh, after so many years in QA, I do no longer cons I'm no longer too concerned for every single um, talk in the sessions. I'm sometimes more concerned for the breaks <laughs> to make sure that I meet the people I want to meet and um, have a minute to, to chat with them and just see them once a year. So, and that is very nice uh, as well to have uh, an opportunity to expand your personal network across the globe, basically. That's great. So that's really something I didn't, op, you know, didn't, didn't achieve anywhere else. Um, because when you are just located in Europe, you just see Europeans, mostly. But when you, have, uh, when you step outside of your country and your comfort zone, maybe, as well, then you have the chance to meet people that are completely different than you are. And even local people uh, are saying the same thing. The networking means a whole lot to Absolutely. them. So sometimes <coughs> conferences are more important for the breaks than for the sessions, but maybe we shouldn't say that. <laughs> we had a conference now. Well, for me as well, the role of QA has changed dramatically. When I'm looking back um, to the last many years, um, in, in the beginning, QA was really, really focused on finding the deficiencies. We are the one to pick the errors and to criticize people for not following the rules, following the SOPs and following the regulations. And um, some even were proud on finding many things in audits and you were sort of, uh, maybe even, even without saying, but competing for the number of errors you found. <laughs> uh, which of course was at that time, something we did, but on the other hand, now looking back, it was something very silly we did. And um, so focus on errors, yes, we still do that in audits, I guess. We cannot, right. uh, we cannot just ignore what we are supposed to do, finding deficiencies, but I think the intention has now changed and uh, we are no longer the one to, to, to be happy when we find things. So. We are the one to now um, discuss as well the opportunities that arise from these errors. Like um, we can refine processes and we can, we have also the liberty to redefine processes. So to deconstruct processes and to construct better ones. And that is something I focus way more on now than to just identify what didn't go well in an audit. So I think that is something we need to embrace as well. We have to change our role. Instead of finding deficiencies, we need to find opportunities. I agree. And uh, really <coughs> make sure that the counterparts with whom we deal with understand that this is also a changed role we have. So we are not there to make their life miserable, but to help them have a better life or to be more efficient or even um, better organized or um, just being more clever than in the past. You That's know? very good advice. So sometimes you even as a consultant, you have the, op the role to be a sparring partner for, for senior management. So to really discuss 
on a very high level compliance issues, whether or not data is generally acceptable or not, or whether there are deep issues inside a company that need to be rectified in order to achieve compliance. So it's not just, okay, did you follow ICHGCP? Did you follow the local laws? Sometimes it's about what kind of changes do need to be made on a company level in order to make sure that the system can produce what it is supposed to produce, which is a quality work. So if you have that opportunity, you are really discussing quality on a rather high level and need to understand very well the systems, how they are related and how they are connected. But that's something, I guess, that comes just with years and of experience and not overnight and not in the beginning of, of a career. But that's maybe the most interesting part uh, you can have, for me at least. So the change in QA from being focused on deficiencies to finding opportunities is sort of also visible in the way that we change from being sort of maybe misused as QC persons rather than being auditors that are independent and are um, looking at processes from another perspective which is independent. So I still uh, remember the times when I had to fight quite hard with operational people that I'm not the second, their second pair of eyes exactly. and doing their QC because that's something um, that should be done within operations. So I'm very happy to see whether, there is, whether their QC uh, has worked and whether the process is adequate to, to produce a proper protocol or proper study report or whatever, but I'm not the one to checking the numbers within the reports, one by one, 100%. But that caused also the need to emancipate, if that's the right word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> from, I like that. From QC <laughs> to becoming QA. And this did not always go without a fight yeah. sometimes. And um, I still, up today, up until today, <coughs> I do have discussions with some companies who have some kind of a blurred understanding between QC and QA, and because both have quality in their name, they are just tossed in one pot. And, and that is so true. I see the yeah. same thing because you're having to explain to them the QC is within your group to take care yeah. of that scientific yeah. review. So it's it's a hard change for people. Yeah. Actually, I just uh, talked at the pre-conference course to this week, and we still had the same discussion during the pre-conference mm -hmm. course because. We needed to define what is QC in the process and what is supposed to be to be done by QA, exactly. which is exactly absolutely not the same. So it is some it is a discussion that really has never stopped. It is still necessary to be very clear where does the role of QA start and where does it stop, and what kind of responsibility are we able to assume for ourselves and what is the responsibility of others. But we constantly need to be vigilant that we are not misused and that the time is not drawn back to using us as a QC person. I uh, think that that risk is very, very high. 
That is very good advice. Yeah. That is very good advice for even those that have been in it for years as well, because yeah. it's, it's just as hard since there was always a QAQC yeah. for the QA to step away from it as well. Yeah. And it's very difficult <coughs> if you are in a very, very small QA unit, because if you are even a solo person, then you don't have anybody who can back you up if mm -hmm. you step up and say, well, I'm not doing this because I'm QA and not QC. Sometimes operational powers are just so strong that you cannot, cannot, you know, you you can't resist. You're just forced to do what they think is good for the company. Um, so blurring blurred lines are something that we need to be vigilant about. That we keep our profile high because otherwise we will be sort of. Uh, mingled into operation which would interfere with the need for independence exactly. of QA. So that is something we need to, to really take care of. Another buzzword that has been developed over the past some years is now, of course, quality risk management. It's something yes. all over the place. And this, of course, helps us to define what is really important and what is not important. So I'm actually uh, grateful for the introduction of quality risk management, although I think it is a bit of a, uh, it is a bit naive to believe that just because we now have a word for it, we never did it in the past. So that's true. Um, we have applied quality risk management before, maybe not in in a structured way, maybe not in a very elaborated way as it is now asked for. But we certainly were not um, so naive to do everything in the same way and apply the same rules to every clinical trial regardless of its implications. So uh, that is something I really wanted to make sure that this is understood. And where we're actually doing risk management or risk-based mm. thinking, now we need to document how we do that. Yeah, And, and now we have a, a word key. for it. Exactly. So as long as we didn't, <coughs> never had a word for it, we couldn't uh, label it quality risk management and we couldn't uh, market it. Now we have a word to market it, and of course we need to follow the rules that are now out there for That's it. Right. Um, it will just be a question of time then when the next buzzword is created. So um, let's see who comes up with the next one and uh, makes us change our procedures again. I agree. Um, there are two more things I would like to add regarding quality. Um, I'm sorry if I'm not speaking so much about SQA because You're actually fine. I'm what, a little far away from What we're from, looking you know, at is giving advice to the hmm. QA professionals and then keeping the historical with the SQA. You're doing fine. Yeah, okay, that's good. So one thing I wanted to add as well because that's a, a topic that me personally um, occupies as well and I'm, I'm, I can't say that I'm concerned with it, but uh, that's something maybe we need to consider in the future. The question is, what do we include in audit reports? Um, do we ask for every single observation, regardless of its importance, to be included? Or do we, are we allowed to make, sort of, to, to filter the observations already and to filter out all the noise and just include those that are really of importance, that matter, that have implications on the quality or on the data integrity? and all the rest that can, maybe even observations that can be resolved during the course of the audit, maybe we don't need to include that anymore in the future. But there's no clear rule for that. Every company does what they think. 
um, but the question is what is relevant? Maybe that's also a discussion that can come out of that quality risk management um, discussion that we have just started uh, to apply point. everywhere. So uh, we also need to be critical for our own processes on how we do the job. So when the world round changes, we need to change as well in QA. So exactly. uh, we need to be vigilant that we are following through here. Some additional and maybe last words of advice uh, for auditors I have is um, never stop learning. You know? um, and not just QA and GXP related stuff, but also look around what other areas are of interest, like um, maybe um, facilitation skills we need. So sometimes auditors are not just auditors, they facilitate the dialogue between groups and sometimes you have to have mediation skills because there are conflicts to be resolved or you need coaching skills and you need skills how to answer or how to pose the right questions. Um, if you don't have a variety of tools, you are not able to really be flexible in how to approach a situation or a problem. So we need inspiration as well from other areas, not just the typical GCP, GLP and GMP regulations that we absorb and can just um, go over from you know, European regulations and FDA regulations and so on. Sometimes knowing the regulation doesn't help you do the job if you don't understand how to communicate that to the auditees. So I think our role has changed as well from just being expert in the regulation to being able to um, transfer that knowledge in a digestible way to those who need to, need to know it. That's um, good. So we need to have maybe better and other skills in the future on how to do that. I can only summarize to say that really SQA has a given perfect platform for development so far, opportunities to contribute on all levels, and also the opportunity to test new areas in pre-conference workshops or post-conference workshops uh, to try out new waters. Sometimes a little rough in the beginning, <laughs> but it can everything can be refined. So it's also really an opportunity to um, to develop areas for SQA and for QA that have not yet been addressed. So that's great. You I'm still happy to be in QA, <laughs> even after many <laughs> years and after many audits and many good audits and also a recognizable number of very bad audits, of course, but it's still every single audit is still an opportunity to be to to get surprised by the auditees. So. Well, you've given terrific advice for new SQA people, uh, people that have been in the QA field for a while that may, may have some things to look at. But if you were speaking to a new SQA member today, what is one thing that you would give them that would assist in their endeavors? Get active in SQA and uh, contribute to the working groups and please also um, contribute um, to the opportunity to comment on new regulations for example 
that is the tremendous opportunity SQA has to uh, have a foot into the door to the regulators once the regulations are designed. And we are not just the, um, the uh, uh, we're not just those who need to follow them, but we have also the chance to, um, to design them if we are involved early enough. So don't be shy, you know. Uh, I think that's a tremendous opportunity SQA offers to really be involved and um, show that you concern that you are concerned as well in the rules that are in the future to be followed. I agree. That's fantastic. And I want to thank you for joining us today. You, wonderful contribution and I appreciate your time and your effort. Yeah. Thank you very much and uh, I appreciate that as well. Thanks. Thank you.